0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Limitless Being podcast. I am Danielle, your host, here to be a guide for you on this journey of life. This is a space cultivated with the intentions of connection, vulnerability, spirituality, limitless knowledge, explorative conversations, loving guidance, and so, so much more. I'm here to spread love while activating freedom within the collective consciousness. I'm a digital nomad and entrepreneur, The magnetic spiritual Being, here to help you activate your power to cultivate the life of your dreams. This container I have created is an incredibly safe space for us to have these conversations which lead us toward liberation, acceptance, and radical love of self. If you have found this podcast, it's by no accident. You've been guided here because there's a part of you who's ready to stop making excuses and live the life you've imagined. So join me here every Thursday. Hello listeners and community, it is so good to be back. You've probably noticed that there have been a couple changes. So, in all honesty, the shift flow is the shift flow no mo. (laughs) Um, Mo, unfortunately, has had to step away due to many changes in her life, many shifts. And so I am flowing with a new direction of rebranding. And we are calling it the name of my business limitless being podcast. Now, the intentions for the most part are going to remain the same. I am going to be solo casting. I'm going to be inviting people on the podcast, either in my current current present reality or somewhere else around the world. I'll be interviewing people, um, talking to friends, talking to some of my clients. I just feel like everybody's story needs to be heard. We are so individually unique and we all have something impactful and Expansive to say and to share, and so again, the shift flow is the shift flow no mo. Welcome to the Limitless Being Podcast. I'm so happy that you're here, and let's get into our first episode. I love you guys. So today I have my dear friend, my soul sister, Isabel Wenden, here with me. I know her as Izzy, personally, from when I met you in Costa Rica. You're like, it's Izzy. But then when we go out in public, she's like, it's Izzy. Personally, it's Izzy to me. Um, we met in Costa Rica, so it's going to be really cool to have her here. Mm-hmm. I just got chills, as we go through the legitimate story of meeting my twin flame um, and everything that that means to me, to her, to us and kind of like the collective that's unified with our perspective of the twin flame. We'll talk about that. But first and foremost, Isabel Wendon, welcome. She is also a digital nomad. Um, She's traveling the world with me. She's creating her own business, her own brand, and also helping me to build mine. So welcome to the show. Thank Thank you. I'm so excited that you're here because I get that, in all honesty, like validation you because this journey, I felt honestly like I was losing my mind. I felt like I was going absolutely bonkers. Um, we met, if you guys listened to the episode before this one, we met at the cult. Yes, we did. And everything that you went through in Costa Rica sounds like a mysterious, mysterious fairy tale book. Mm-hmm. So having me here to kind of back it up say you're not crazy, this stuff (laughs) actually happened, Yep. I think it will be really good. Yeah, she had a front row seat to my life. Exactly. Literally. And if I didn't have you, if I didn't have you and I was going through that, oh my god, I I don't know if I, honestly, I don't know if I would have made it out on the other side. Because I love you too. Same for me, because I was in the cult. Well, I guess it is a cult, I don't even need to do this. Yeah. I was in there for two months and... The only reason that I was sane through that whole process was because I had a contact on the outside world, you, mm-hmm. who I could go to and pour my heart out and vent and say, is this normal? And you were <laughs> always there to be like, no, it's not normal. So I wouldn't have survived without you either. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. Soul met, Like I said, we met in Costa Rica and I was coming out of peyote ceremony, which was Mm -hmm. traumatic in and of itself. Um, that's why this episode is called twin flame trauma, because honestly, I want to be so real and so truthful about Mm -hmm. what I went through, what you went through. It was an intense level of trauma an intense level of darkness. Um, I am grateful to have met the people, the healers, the coaches that I've worked with to work through this incredible trauma. Um, after the situations occurred but you know if it wasn't for them and if it wasn't for you who was literally a part of my life watching the whole thing again I would not be okay so that just goes to show how essential it is to at least have one person in your life that like loves you and supports you and can see your perspective and understand you as well so we met I remember it was the day after the peyote ceremony, and I was bawling my eyes out. We didn't technically meet at this time, but she told me something so cute. I'll let you say it. Yeah, so before going to Costa Rica, I manifested meeting my soul sister. Like, I wrote it in my journal <laughs> that that was where I was um, I'm a, <laughs> among a bunch of other things, I was looking for my soul sister was one of the main things. Mm-hmm. So I was at Pachamama, I met a lot of cool people, but it wasn't that, like, insane, intense connection. Mm-hmm. Platonic, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, um, so she was in this cafe in the middle of the town. Mm-hmm. Of the, the cool. town. Yeah, like, it had well, a little well, town, and she was crying, like, hysterically crying mm-hmm. in the corner with one of the elders of the community. Mm-hmm. And I just remember seeing her and being like, oh my God, I just, I had this urge to just go hug her. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's weird. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't know her.
0: <laughs> that's weird, what? Yeah. But clearly it was my higher self right. knowing that I had already connected with you right, and knowing that we'd already shared so many moments like that. Yeah. But I just knew in my heart, like, you, you'll connect with her later. Like, mm-hmm. give her her space. And, then we did, I think the next day, mm-hmm. she came and sat next to me at the beach. And then, and I kind of also could tell, like, she was from the States. The States. Like, yeah, so I just was like, hey, where are you from? I'm from California. And then mm-hmm. she's like, I'm from Arizona. And then we just started talking and we had a lot in common. Yeah, we have so many similarities. Like, yeah. rest in peace, my dog just passed recently. Love her. Um, she's sleeping on the other side, but we both have, well, of course now I had, but have a pit bull that's a blue nose named Indy. The same name. I mean, different. The same. The same nickname. <laughs> but yeah, they both go by Indy. Um, our moms have the same name. Our moms have the same name. She's li- she's from the Bay Area. My dad lived in the Bay Area for six, seven, eight yeah. years, yeah. and so I was always going to the Bay Area. So Bay Area is very much ingrained. Um, similar traumas, similar traumatic relationships. And so, whether or not you believe in like soul family, I obviously completely do. It's also when you resonate with somebody's energy because you have those similarities and like yeah. similar experiences. So, you can just really resonate with somebody or, or relate to somebody based on their life. And there's that deep connection that's there before even really knowing them in the physical, right? Well, did you, we haven't even known each other a year. Did you know that? Oh my god. Yeah. That's crazy. And you're one of the closest people to me. Same. same. So that just shows like time does not matter. It doesn't matter. At all. No. When it comes to friendships and love. Yeah. Yeah. It just happens. And you'll meet a bunch of these people throughout your life. And like soulmates are the people that are meant to be there for you no matter what. And they have a positive influence on you. And of course like... There will be moments, it's not going to be perfect, but the difference between soulmates, karmics, and twin flames, are there's there's a lot of difference there, and we'll talk about that. Um, But essentially, the intention of this entire conversation today is to talk about, um, of course, a little bit about the cult and the dark magic involved in that, and the healing and detoxifying process when it comes to, you know, removing yourself from a situation of, impeccable um, curative manipulation Um, and then how that put me into an incredibly vulnerable place to then again be um, not just manipulated there's highs and lows with this story which we'll get into but I met my twin flame Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to talk about the what we believe the twin flame is and what I've gathered over like immense addiction to the topic. Essentially when I was in it, I was constantly researching it. I was trying to understand, I was asking questions, I was meeting with people. I was scrolling through through videos like frivolously, like I was going crazy because it's so intense. Um, And things that a lot of people are not talking about when it comes to the twin flame narrative, um, we're going to shine a light on. And that's our intention is to bring truth all of these trendy fucking like buzzwords yeah that we're seeing—not just in spirituality, in life in general, right? Like we are truth seekers. Her and I are both truth truth seekers. We, she awakened when you were like you were awake when you were a kid, right? Like te- early teens, like half awake, right? Yeah, A rebel. We're, we're I was a rebels. rebel, definitely. Yeah, we both have gone against the grain since the beginning. Yes, and. We have exited the matrix, clearly. We're living in Colombia currently. Um, and that's because we're truth seekers. Like if something doesn't feel right, then we figure out what it does. Yeah. And that's another reason why we resonate so much. Like we're rebels. <laughs> so. so let's talk about, because I was only in the cold for two weeks, <laughs> right? And again, listen to the episode before this yeah. one and so you'll understand more. I was only there for two weeks. Izzy was there for two months, and explain like the contract that you had there that made you feel like you literally couldn't leave. And yeah, just yeah. talk about when you started realizing something wasn't right. I've never talked about this before, besides with like you. Right. Um, so I think this will be really good mm-hmm. to get it all out. But so the, should I say the name of the place? Go for it. Pachamama can so you know. Pachamama is the name <laughs> of the place mm-hmm. that we met at, and she went as a guest, and I went as a work exchange, which is somebody that works in the community, no pay, mm-hmm. you're essentially volunteering, but you do get things in return like free yoga classes, free food, but you have to pay, but you were still paying for your little shop in the woods. And I know, I I knew what I signed up for when it came to that. Yeah. But the living situation is, you kind of know what you're getting into. It's a little, it's literally a little cabina. It's open air, right? Yeah, it's open air. Half of it is, there's like half walls. Mm -hmm. There's there's, three walls. And then the fourth is open to the jungle. And so we're in the jungle, right? You know what you're signing up for when you're going to the jungle. uh, Snakes, bugs. Um, what we didn't know, we were setting up. for. Yeah, it's <laughs> magic. No, it was dark um, magic. Dark magic. Yeah, but it's like it can be an intense living situation from for somebody that I'm not saying it was necessarily intense for you. You know, knew what you're setting up for, but for somebody from right the states that's coming from Los Angeles and they go and they're living in a shack in the woods. That's an intense amongst nature, amongst bugs yeah. and. Stuff that can be intense, right? And if we were there in rainy season mm-hmm. during Costa uh, in Costa Rica, so the weather was also intense. I mean, I went to Costa Rica looking for that drastic mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. to put me out of my comfort zone, so I knew that. Yes, but what I didn't know was the way that I would be treated, the way how our whole community of work exchangers was essentially running the whole entire eco village yeah we were doing everything we were making the food we were running the restaurants we were running the smoothie bar growing the food um setting up for all the events there's definitely more things that i'm forgetting but every single thing that needed to be done was done by the work exchange and that's an economical decision that they made to make a lot of profit which is Mm. but that could be okay because a lot of organizations do that but then it's like how are you treating these people then you should be respecting them and listening to them and treating them as equal to you Right. if we're doing everything. But we were treated as bottom barrel of the society, mm-hmm. um, looked down upon. We were literally, they were told us we would be getting free food. We were not fed the same thing as the rest of the community, which made me feel like I was in a caste system. It was a caste system. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I could go on about this for so long, but the main point is that the people that go to Mama are very very naive and in a yeah. state of vulnerability Trump, yeah traumatized. i mean you don't you wouldn't go to a place like that if you weren't looking for a radical change because you had just been through something right that's how i was that's how you were yeah. that's how everybody i met there was so you're very easily manipulated yep. and you're very susceptible to their ideals being not mm-hmm. being pushed on you oh You'll Be better if you just spend two thousand dollars on this yeah. workshop. Oh, you're probably not getting better because you haven't, you
1: haven't done, done any of yeah.
0: the, the um, workshops, you haven't done any of the practices, you haven't paid for this or this or this, and you're not staying long enough. Two weeks, you need to stay. Tuned. That was the first yeah. thing that they said to me when I got there was, Oh, you're only staying two weeks, and yeah. I said, It's twelve hundred dollars. What do you mean? You know, mm-hmm. and and the, the pictures for me, yes, I'm coming from a, let's just say. I was looking for a little bit bougier of an environment because I needed to work. Yeah. I wasn't capable at that point, I am now, to take two weeks off yet. Or at least I didn't trust myself in the process of doing that. And so um I needed a, a little cabina that had like AC and Wi-Fi. And those pictures didn't look anything not. like the website. But anyways, we're getting a little bit sidetracked. Um When was the moment for you that you started to realize, like, okay, fuck, like maybe something is, yeah, you, because you came in, right? Mm -hmm. I, everybody that I was around and friends with loved it so much. Like it was their savior. They were devoted and nothing against any of these people. I made amazing connections and I'm still friends with so many of these people, but whenever I would think something like, wait, is this right? If I would bring it up to my friends, they would all be like, no, no, no. Like, you know, like they were brainwashed. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have anybody that was agreeing with me or backing me up. So I was kind of thinking like, oh, I'm wrong spoiled. With me. I'm just a spoiled brat. Yeah. Like I just can't deal with jungle. Like, because that's what the they people, feel. I would go to them like, hey, my room's infested with bees. Can you help me? And they'd be like, just be grateful. Live in the moment. It's just stuff like that, and then mm-hmm. I would think to myself, like, I'm being so ungrateful. I'm not grateful, right? Yeah. Like, it just be, like it would just be this constant thing in my head, and there would be multiple, multiple scenarios like this. But I'm trying to remember like the exact moment. Mm-hmm. I guess you had so much trauma from the peyote ceremony, yeah. And I think I don't exactly know. The backstory of this community but i don't think it was always like this no it wasn't it wasn't so like everything yeah. like everything things businesses um you know people for the most part i want to believe have good intentions yeah and then something happens where your your focus gets swayed and you get influenced by something else aka money yeah. and then the and the positive energy that was going towards those original intentions diverts and you start to go down a darker path because the devil the ego whatever you want to call it it's you're influenced by monetary gain and things that fulfill your ego as opposed to things that fulfill your soul i genuinely believe the the leader of this organization or whatever you want to call it he had good intentions when he, he started it. yeah yes. he wanted it to be a safe space for people to come to heal to feel supported in the arms of community because we all need that we all need yeah. community um but again something happened around 2020 this is the information i've gathered this is the perspective i've gained doesn't yeah. mean that it's 100 percent true this is what i know um Something happened around 2020, some of the original elders and residents left back to their home countries because nobody there is a local by the way. Yeah. Nobody there is from Costa Rica. Uh, majority there is Israeli. And so a lot of the original people went back to their home countries and then new people came in and I think that's when things started to get barred. So uh, yeah, and it is now an LLC. Yep. And it is- It's a corporation now. It's run by- these new people. I don't know where they're from, but they are white, mm-hmm. and it's becoming. They're building like a huge spa there. It's just becoming something different than a what it has It's becoming that is that's a franchise. And the leader stepped down before we even got there, yeah. um, for reasons unknown. I did some some digging, but it's all just you know gossip. So no. I don't know what the truth is. hearsay, hearsay. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the main things for me would be they didn't want you leaving. You were shamed for leaving. Mm -hmm. Just like, why would you want to leave? Wow. You leave a lot. Just comments like that, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was also very hard to leave. Mm -hmm. They made it impossible to leave. Mm -hmm. And, but every time I left, I noticed the biggest difference in my mental health and the way that I felt. And since you got out after two weeks, Mm -hmm. I would go see her every weekend. Yeah. And the way I would feel when I was out of there and then how I would feel when I would go back, it was, it was just like, something's not right. Yeah. It was night and day. Yeah. Something's not right. And other people would notice it too. But it's like, once you got back there, then I would be like, I would be with you and I'd be like, I'm leaving. I don't like it Mm -hmm. there. Then I'd get back and I'd be like, maybe I should stay. And it's crazy how, how that can happen. Yeah. it's spell it's spell spell-press. if you don't believe in magic or witchcraft or whatever you want to call it careful um, that at the end of the day when you create sentences with words that is called or when you when you put letters together to form words that mm-hmm. is called spelling right like with words we are influencing each other's consciousness each other's um, minds C- consistently. Right. And you get to choose what words, what spells the way you're spelling, what you're putting out into the world. Right. And so you can either positively support people by saying, you know, even if it's not right, I trust you. I trust your gut, trust your instinct. Well, you were right. You we were right. But it's not about that. Or you can influence people by number one, putting them in the frequency of shame, putting them in the frequency of fear, yeah. making them feel like they cannot make decisions for themselves. Yeah. And what does that do? We've seen this by big government. It's all like we're living in a reality where there's just a bunch of cults. You know, there's a bunch of influence. Yeah. And you get to choose what you're influenced by, right? You're not a victim. But at the end of the day, these people were choosing to put you, everybody else, in the frequency of shame and fear, yeah. saying that we're not grateful, saying we're not doing good enough ever. yeah. And then, of course, that makes you just more weak weak-minded and when you're weak-minded things are more easily implanted into your mind and so yeah yeah and as soon as i started taking up weirder things would start happening yeah. like there was harassment from some of the older people and then people not believing me telling me that i'm being demonic that i need to respect mm-hmm. that i don't understand the ways yeah. of whatever his mindset was mm-hmm. And then there were things where an older resident thought me and my friend were out to get him. And instead of a logical approach of maybe this person's mentally ill, it was, no, no, we're siding with the the resident, the elder, you guys are out to get this person. Like, me and another person my age, Mm -hmm. we're both 21, 22, we're out to get someone. Like, it just was all these things piling up on one another. Started not adding up. Not adding up. Weird things going on. But no. I'll let it be at that. Right, and I will say that it wasn't all. It wasn't all bad. No, right. Nothing ever is. We had beautiful experiences there, and like you said, there's still a lot of people in that community that. I mean, we just ran into one of them recently here in Columbia. You know, so there, there are still really beautiful things. The nature is beautiful there. Um, but overall, the. <laughs> The influence or the intention of the people that live in the community did not feel right and it's misaligned and they're they're looking for gain of something right and I believe it's more than monetary gain I believe it's energetic spiritual gain in some way Um, but I was able to luckily leave after two weeks I could have left earlier again things of the mind right you extended your stay as well days yeah Yeah. i did i extended my stay through the weekend because i wanted to hang out with the girls yeah um we had some good times you know because we went into town on the weekends and just you know had a blast but i ended up leaving got my own place in samra which is probably what like a 40 to 60 minute 40 to 60 minute drive from um from Mm pachamama and i had about a week there and she would come visit me And this is all rolling into how I met my twin flame. Yeah, the point of this episode. Right, but first I want to ask you before we get into that, you know, what did you really gain from this experience? Because for Izzy, unfortunately, I had to literally see her go like, go back in, back out, go back in, come back out. And there was (laughs) always this, there was always this um, look in your eyes and in the people's eyes that live there and that are consistently it's it's almost like when somebody's hypnotized they have this kind of glazed over look so she would come visit me and her eyes would be like ah and then she would snap out of it and be like wait what and then i would i would try to be like is he just leave you're not happy there and she's like i can't i can't do that like so it was really difficult it was hard of course more difficult for you but like hard for me to witness the back and forth in you and how much Pain you were going through but obviously we know that it was for our greater good. Of course. And so I'm curious, you know, what your biggest take from that work. Well, I think it speaks for the both of us when I say like I went to Costa Rica very naive thinking all spiritual people were light workers. Yep. All <laughs> spiritual people were working with the light. I yep. had no idea what dark, I mean you hear about dark magic but yeah. I didn't really believe in it or Neither understand it. Neither did I. And, um, I'm definitely more cautious now right. about what I get myself into. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I still have things I need to work through from, definitely. from that experience. Um, definitely. I mean, talking about it like, this is a really good step, mm-hmm. but I mean, it changed my life in a good way as well. Like. Seeing that there's people out there like me with the same mindset as me that don't want to be in the matrix, don't want to stare at a computer nine to five. The other work exchangers, the other work exchangers were fucking amazing people. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with any of them. Mm -hmm. Soul family vibes. Mm -hmm. Showed me what I want. Showed me that I'm not alone. Yeah. And I learned so much from every single one of the people that I met in Costa Rica. Mm. Even the bad ones, you know? Do you feel like you gained spiritual power though because of it? Yes. Like spiritual strength and power? Yes. Yeah. Because if I can make it out of a cult yeah. in the middle of nowhere with hundreds of people telling me that I'm ungrateful and I'm greedy and mm-hmm. I'm just spoiled mm-hmm. and I can get through it, I feel like I can get through anything, you right. know? That brings that brings up this this thing that's coming up for me as you say spoiled right, and I think it's really interesting because for me, I'm starting to get a little bit emotional because I remember thinking this and I haven't thought about this. I remember thinking this when I was there. And I haven't mm-hmm. thought about this in so long. For me, spirituality is about realizing we are all one. Yeah, and we on some levels chose the life that we we have been given right and on other levels we're not in control of the fact that we are where we are from or the privilege that we have had and for somebody that is deeming themselves to be spiritual spirituality is about unity it's about acceptance and it's about love yeah and so just as i'm not going to shame somebody for being born into poverty, I'm also not going to shame somebody for being born into, you know, America, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and and the fact that they're judging you or basing their judgments off of that is not spirituality. That's not unity consciousness. That's the complete opposite. So I just wanted to touch on that because I forgot, I remember that's something that really came up for me heavily is like, why are we not just accepting of one another? Yeah. Yeah. Because I have practiced that and of course I have to bring myself back to it, but I've practiced that since the day, you know, since I was a kid, I'm just loving and accepting. Mm-hmm. And in these communities, it feels more like division. If you're not in, a, in alignment with every little thing, as opposed to being a free thinker and giving others permission to have their own beliefs that come with their own set of experiences that come with their life. Does that yes. make sense? And in in Pachamama, you could not be a free thinker. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if you were, <laughs> if you were an elder, sure, do what yeah. you want. If you were a work exchange, you it can. was like just do your work, stay with the work exchangers in the work exchange area. Like we were treated like second class citizens, yeah. and it was the most demeaning, one of the most demeaning things I've ever been through. And I'm not trying to sound dramatic. Yeah, you know, like I'm grateful for the right. experience, but. I just don't understand how people can be treated that way and be okay with it. Like, I know people that are still there doing the work exchange. Because they are under the spell. Yeah. Not everybody had the opportunity to question or felt like they had the strength or courage to do so. Right? Um, And I think that brings up another point, too, and this will segue, is spirituality is amazing but it's also really really important for you to at least have a tether into your ego yeah. and into your human self because you can get caught up in literal spiritual psychosis of like everything is love and light and fairies and blah, blah, and you're like floating not even connected to your body which is the vessel that has given you the reason to be here in this life right now I right agree. so it's really important to not kill the skeptic or, and I learned this too because my dad planted that seed in me of, is this a cult? Yeah. I would have been flown away if that did not happen. So I'm grateful for that moment of my dad being an over, he's overly skeptic, um, but he planted that seed for me to be like, hmm, we should be a little bit grounded in this, yes. right? And not fully trust. And yeah, I think that's that's really important and that that kind of ties into the experience that I had when I met my twin flame, because you do go through this immense level. I I lost 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. I don't have 15 pounds to lose. You know? Um, I like, I came to Costa Rica was like D's. I went all the way down to like double A's. I was like, what happened? You know, I, lo- I felt like I was literally floating away because I had so many spiritual activations and like, people call it kundalini awakening, that that vibration, that energy is so high frequency, it's surging through your system, you need to figure out ways to ground into reality. Yeah. Or you could, like, your soul could literally be your vessel. And so I left after two weeks, got my new house, my favorite place, Casa Morpho, which is the Morpho butterfly, which is the tattoo that I have on my ribs since I was 18 years old. Like, go figure, um, the synchronicity and that. The beautiful blue butterfly i didn't even know what morpho was until like later um, yeah. i didn't even know the morpho was a blue butterfly it's very prominent in costa rica so i started getting settled in there for about a week um i was really getting back to myself going to the gym to get grounded because they didn't have a gym in pachamama which is totally fine but for me like i do have a very heavy masculine side and i need that like intense yeah. workout and so I felt like I was purging. I was in so much physical pain yeah. when I was in Pachamama. And she slept in my bed, so she knows there's something about that room and that cabina. Either it's black mold or black magic. Who knows? Oh, yeah. um, but I had so much pain. I could barely move my pelvis, my lower back. I had never been in pain like that before. And so starting to go to the gym and move my body really helped me. Um, and I was there for about a week. And then Izzy came and I out, came, <laughs> took the track down to her. Yeah. Um, and I think we were just like, let's go out. Yep. Let's go explore this new town. We went to sushi. Yeah, we went to sushi because mm-hmm. Samara was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Oh, Samara is it's whole other. Costa Rica has so many different like. How do you say it, portal but not sound like a wizard? You know, or one. They have Costa Rica, the energetics of Costa Rica is so mm-hmm. like spiritually intense. And yeah. there's so many different, um, little areas that really make you feel like very activated and very kind of in a fantasy, yeah. you know, and Samara was one of those places. It's like this little old town, it's like three streets, right? It's smaller than here, obviously. Oh, yeah, it's tiny. Um, and they're kind of like living in 2000. They're playing all of like the old, like 2000, 2010 songs. Um, there's not a lot of mo- modern architecture, which is great. And it's a melting pot. Mm-hmm. So there's Costa Ricans, there's Americans, there's um, French people, there's Italians, there's Germans, there's people from literally Everywhere. all over the world that live there. And it's just, it's it's on a beach, you know, it's beautiful and, and then Connected to the jungle as well, so. I think what happens is people, you hear Nosara. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, when you don't know, you're like, where do I go in Costa Rica? I'm spiritual. Mm-hmm. I want community. Okay, Nosara. That's the first place everyone tells you to go. Right. But so people that are like us, that are like, uh, this is not right. Right. This is giving influencers. Influencer. influencer. Like, the I think because, I'm better than you. Exactly. The big kids club, you can't sit with us kind of energy. Yeah, the let's kick the locals off their land and then wonder why they're robbing my G-Wagon. Exactly. That's that's the energy (laughs) of Nosara. Truly. It really fucking is, you guys. I thank you for saying that. That's so true. But yeah, so I think people like us go to Nosara and then they're like, this isn't what I'm looking for. So they go to the next town over. And then that's why Samara has become the great place that it is. Yeah. Because it still has the spiritual influence of Nosara, but... The locals are still there. So there's still the culture and the life of Costa Rica. Right. The things that make it such a beautiful country that's yeah. been completely wiped out of Nosara yep. and Patramana. Yep. So we love Samura. We love it. Alma has a special place in our heart. And we went out to sushi and uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I don't... <laughs> there's a part of this... I guess I just need to accept myself in this. Okay. So... This is a good. A Are good you going to talk piece. about? Of course. Okay. This is to say his name, but this is a good piece to talk about because I was coming out of a four year, you know, relationship that had like the relationship, the house, the, the nice cars. We both had, you know, we both were making like a decent amount of money. He yeah. was making more money. Than me. I had everything good on paper, right? Yeah, you had the dream life. I had the dream. The American dream. The American dream life. Yeah. But I was miserable, and I knew this wasn't my person. Probably honestly, before we even started dating, but probably, like, really new, probably about a year and a half in. And I just kept pushing him, like, in the sake of love, you have to give it your all, right? Even when you have nothing to give. Anyways, um, I essentially... I don't... Oh, I remember what I was saying. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't really have a lot of experience in spirituality and, like, vulnerable communities and vulnerable connections. And so... When I got to Pachamama, um, I was able to have, like, really deep, meaningful, open-heart conversations with men. Yeah. And that had never happened in my life. I mean, right before I left Arizona, I started having that in in community there as well. Um, But, of course, in Pachamama, it's, like, much more intense because your whole focus is your healing. Mm -hmm. And so I really connected with this individual soul and got a little overly attached because I received something that I had never experienced before, right? And so, obviously, that was going nowhere and I moved to Samra, and she came out there and I was like, a little bit sad. I'm like, Mm -hmm. we're ending this, blah, blah, blah. Um, And so, we were at dinner. Go. You go. Well, (laughs) you were upset about him. Yeah, I was upset. You were crying about him. Which is okay. (laughs) I know, but looking back, I'm like, that... What? But he it's was, okay. It was also like Pachamama, You had just gotten out of Pachamama. Yeah. You know? And you were vulnerable. You are confused. You find these lifelines and... He was one of them. Yeah. When you were in Pachamama, traumatized and confused, he was your lifeline. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so then you get out and you're like, okay, I don't... Right. You know, you didn't have me. Right. I wasn't with you anymore. Anyway. I was by myself. She was by herself. I was by myself. So I understand. Yeah. You know why you thought you needed her. Right, I need to just not be so hard on myself. Yeah. So but it's not really that important to the story, but no. That was just that preface tonight. Maybe that's you know why we wanted to go out, because we were like, who cares? Shake it, it off. Yeah, let's it just off. go have fun. Well the point was what we manifested. Oh, okay. Yeah. We manifest then we were like, the manifestation power in Costa Rica is out of this world. I it's don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like it's immediate. It's immediate. As long as you're focused on your practice and like keeping your vessel clear, you can manifest in literally 30 minutes or less. Yeah. Um, so we like have this thing that we do <laughs> when well, we manifest yeah. and it works every time. Yeah. But we manifested two hot Costa Rican guys, right? Yeah. Is that what we manifested? <laughs> yeah. Just to like have a fun night. We didn't manifest anything. I didn't manifest anything. I I'm didn't serious. think I was manifesting. So, but um, yeah, so we did our little thing. Yeah, and our little manifestation ritual. Yeah, and then um, we hit the town, and there's only one, like one place. Kind of. There's a few. There's a few places, but yeah, we went to one place, and somebody told us there was, was going to be a party at. Mm-hmm. We got there, there was nobody. There was nobody in there. Nobody at all. Um, so we were like, should we leave? What should we do? Okay, let's go get a drink. Let's just yeah. go get a drink. So we go to the bar <laughs> and um, I don't know, I did a scan of the room and I didn't see anyone. No, neither did I. So I don't know where he was hiding. Yeah. But um, we're ordering and then this guy, I'm here, this is literally how it was, but her back was to like the wall and he came like, to her back, so I could see him, but she couldn't see. Yeah, him. and he was so hot, <laughs> like. But I'm saying this because I like normally I would have been like, "Oh my god, he's hot," and like, "Let's talk to him." But for some reason, I knew like that's true. He's not for me. Wow, I didn't even. think Yeah, of no, that. I just knew like he's not for me. Even though he was hot, there's nothing wrong with him. Like yeah. normally, that's my type too, you know. Yeah. So I said to her like. Like, I mouthed it, right? Like, yeah. Turn around. And then you take it from here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... Oh, my God. So intense. I turn around, and I'm eight, right? So we're both pretty tall. Yeah. So height is just, you know, for my honey, that's going to be my future partner. <laughs> like, height is just a thing that I need. I come from a family of giants. We got to, you know, we got to carry on that gene. Yeah. But it's also just... It's just what I need to feel like more in my feminine, you know? And so I turn around and I look up and there's this beautiful, like his lips, huge lips, beautiful, like perfect bone structure, tan, tall, ripped. And I'm talking about the physical, right? But it was like, as soon as I looked into his eyes, it was not it wasn't physical at all. Yeah. It's purely energetic. And I just got this like I just got hit by this wave of energy mm-hmm. that I've never felt before in my entire life. And I I don't even remember because I was just so like this is my perfect person. Yeah. This is literally my perfect person. The, uh, uh, I can't even talk right now, you know, because I'm just back in that moment looking up at him and just like in awe, you of know and I, I think what happened next is I was just like, hi. He was like, well, I got these shots for you guys. And I'm yeah. we like, okay, tequila, I guess. And we took a shot together. Mm-hmm. And I think we were like, why is this place so empty? And right. he was like, oh, like you guys have to come back at like 12. Yeah. It was probably like 9 or 10. Yeah, it was barely 10. So mm-hmm. we were like, okay. Yeah. And so we essentially said our goodbyes and went to venture off somewhere else I don't really remember where Mm -hmm. and then we came back yeah we came back later we ran into him in the street Mm -hmm. we ran into him in the street yeah and he was talking to Izzy and I know that you were communicating yeah she was communicating about Pachamama I was telling him about where I was living everything that was going on and he just I don't know. I also have never experienced like a man that is just so so in touch with their emotions like that. Yeah. I know. Loving. I know it might have not always been like that. Yeah. but At first he was. I I guess I was getting a little bit like worked up, and you could tell. And he was like, "Come here, like, you need Give a hug." And hug. he just gave me like the most secure hug, and he just was like, "Everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, nothing is ever." Wrong. And I will never forget that is his line. Nothing is ever wrong. Yeah. yeah. And he's right. Like, nothing is ever wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? It's all an opportunity it's for It's all, friends. yeah. Yeah. But just him making me feel so safe and caring so much about me, I was like, okay, I support this. Yeah. You know? Like, I was so for it in the beginning. Yeah. And he was able to coerce in a way um, what you were actually feeling around yes. the situation that you were experiencing because he said he said something along the lines of like but why does it make you feel what way about the community and she said i don't feel appreciated that was it that was it he like got the actual feeling i couldn't understand why i was so frustrated it was only like three weeks still that i'd been there so i wasn't completely aligned with like what was going on Mm -hmm. and he was like yeah he pinpointed like i'm being taken advantage of and i don't feel appreciated yeah. And like hearing someone say that was just like, so yeah, funny. yeah, finally, right. you know. So, there was that beautiful, magical moment that I have never witnessed in my life. Um, and he, he was wearing a tank top with his big ass muscles talking to you, and underneath the tank top on his left shoulder, I saw that there was a lion tattoo. And I remember saying, Are you a Leo? and he said, Without him knowing anything, okay? He said, yeah, just like you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Two Leos taking on the night. And um, we just continued talking there. And he was telling me about what he does. He was a martial arts teacher, teacher like me, yoga. Yeah. Um, you know, does ceremonies with people. Um, energy healing and I was like "Oh, tu es psiquico which is psychic Yeah, Um, you're psychic and he's like working on it and we just had so many of these aligned things that we were doing and again I've never experienced that before it was really beautiful and so it was like it was like I was slowly pouring gasoline on a spark right and every little thing that made me light up inside. was, like, adding gasoline to that fire, mm. and it just felt like his passion was growing. And he was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. See you later. He put his information in my Instagram. We went back to dance. We have the best time We like, create this portal around us, and we just – we're not there really for anybody else unless no, it's yeah. the perfect person. Yeah. And we just have the best time we're dancing our asses off. Um, And it was probably, like, 1230 or 1, yeah. When I turned to you, and I'm like, I'm tired. Yeah, I yeah, I want to go. Yeah, I want to go. It's time for me to go. And I just remember you being like, Oh my God, turn around, look who's here. And I turn around and there he is. And we just start dancing like we've known each other forever. You know, the, the connection is so undeniable. And the way that, similar to us, right, but like way more intense, right? Um, it's just so undeniable. And we just start, like, the first thing we did was put our foreheads together, lift up our hands, mirror me for a second, lift up our hands, and then just started, like, Yeah, I remember. Following I remember. each other. Yeah. And I was like, what is happening, you know? And it was just so crazy. And so we danced for, like, another hour. And then they walked us home. And... Oh, yeah, I met a guy, too. But it was not serious. Yeah. It's just... We were just date like... The guys in Costa Rica, they can dance. dance. They can move their hips. In and it's not America. Yeah. In but it's not I feel like in America when you go out, it's like if you're dancing with the guy's like, it's Oh it's sexual. It's sexual. You're going home with him tonight. Yeah. There it's like they just want to dance. Yeah. They want to teach you how to dance because dancing is what lights them up. It's embedded in their Yeah. So know, it's embedded in exactly the indigenous cultures here. It's embedded, it's rooted in the, you know, first it's rooted in the history mm-hmm. of these countries and the culture of these countries is to dance and scream and laugh and like sing you yeah. know the things that really bring you back to that higher state of being and to happiness and to gratitude yeah so yeah it's hot mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we walked back now this is the first red flag yeah and then we'll talk a little bit about other things but this is the first red flag that I should have listened to but I'm not gonna shit all over myself. No. Um, we were talking and kissing and connecting, and I didn't want them to come inside. Yeah. No. And he said, You know what I feel right now? And I said, What? And he said, That I love you. And then I was like, Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Like, kissed him. I was like, Izzy, we gotta go inside. I felt so weird in my nervous system I felt so uncomfortable when he said that to me yeah of course and so we ran inside and I remember sitting on the bench and talking to him being like mm, yeah something is not right you were like I don't think I'm ever gonna see him again no and I was like okay yeah and so I avoided him for about a week he tried reaching out a couple of times I avoided him and then I run into him in of tower. course and this is another really important moment to note is that when I ran into him, I was heading to the gym, I was grabbing a coconut for my favorite guy to grab a coconut from, like just, you know, just the drink. And he sees me with his dog and I remember he walks up to me and I'm, you know, the bikes in between my legs, I'm standing and he comes to hug me. And I start convulsively shaking, shaking. Yeah. Like, Obviously, my nervous system was incredibly terrified of him yeah. for now we know, you know, the traumas that he has. And past um, life trauma. That past guys life trauma. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's been confirmed that we've been connected through every single age of every single lifetime. Yeah. And so I remember like convulsing and then, you know, going our separate ways, going to the gym and then meeting him later that night. And that was a moment where it was so beautiful. It was healing. He gave me a massage. We cried. I cried. He cried. We shared, like, intimacy, obviously. And it was one of the most healing experiences of my life. Mm -hmm. And I told him, we told each other things that we were ashamed of. And just, like, gave each other love because of those things. And so that's really, really when I knew, like, this was something else Mm -hmm. out of this world. Mm -hmm. out of this world and yeah that's the beginning of the story so I think some key indicators when talking about the twin flame journey is because I got sucked into it yeah I got sucked into it and it almost obliterated me I think if you're going through this and you believe that you have one not everybody does not everybody does, and that's okay. It's not something to glorify. That's the thing, is it's not something something to glorify. It's not something to put on a pedestal. It's not something to desire. If you don't have the strength, I'm lucky that I did. Yeah. It's not something to manifest. It's not. Um, it's incredibly difficult and incredibly painful. Did we have beautiful moments that all I can see and all I can say is like the avatar? Yeah. The movie, The Avatar, like, yes, absolutely. But there was also an equal amount of darkness in that relationship. And based on what has happened, I can no longer go back to him. Yeah, and yes. I can, but I would be betraying myself and probably lifetimes of myself, different timelines of myself, if I were to. Mm-hmm. And I will never put that on myself again. And so... I think it's really important to stop and and recognize if you're feeling like you're wanting that love that we experienced and I think we can all want that. I think it's possible for everybody, but you need to also know the other side. Yep. Well, first of all, what is a twin flame? So, a twin flame is the theory is there were incredibly strong souls and I also have a difficult time explaining this because it does feel
1: narcissistic. Divisive.
0: It feels divisive. Yeah. It feels a little bit narcissistic or divisive. I know I'm incredibly powerful. Diego is. Yeah. He's something else. Fucking so powerful. Yeah. You know? And if anything, he like elevated my power. Um, And we're even more powerful together, which is crazy. Like both of us together. I do miss that. I do miss those parts and i'm allowed to miss those parts but mm. a twin flame the theory is that your soul was incredibly powerful and the intention of your soul coming to this planet in the beginning of time was to shine as much light as possible as you could to help heal the planet because we have so much darkness and destruction but the reality is the light cannot exist without the dark right yeah. so the theory is that your soul is split into two. Mm-hmm. One's more masculine, one's more feminine. It has nothing to do with gender. Um, you're split into two, so you are less powerful. And apparently, from the research that I've gained, you're split into two by dark forces that don't want you to be together because uh, of what you, how you can positively influence the consciousness and the changing of the planet. Right, so some of the videos I've seen have said dark magic is what's split us originally. yeah, And a lot of people say that one of the twins or both can have a tendency to have an entity take over so that unity never happens. Mm-hmm. And you eventually will meet each other in this lifetime at some point. But I think another thing what a lot of people don't realize is it's like the two serpents, right? The kundalini, the medical... Um, the medical symbol with the two serpents and the, the top, like T part, the serpents originally meet and then they separate Uh and then they meet and then they separate and they meet and then they separate and they they separate. And so they eventually come together at the top, but that can be after you've passed Mm -hmm. after your physical body has passed. So another thing about the twin flame journey is that it's not guaranteed that you're going to end up with them. And that's what maybe... In a higher consciousness state, when you no longer have your human bodies, but I think that's what so many people are selling this dream of oh, you have a twin flame, you might not. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a twin flame! Boom, immediate dopamine rush of like oh, I could have somebody out there. I need to find them. All of my energy invested in all of this. Like, what do I need? What do I need to do to attract them? Right? Yeah. That's unhealthy, and so. Also realizing if you do have one, you might not be with them, but it's inevitable that you will meet. So you don't need to go chasing it. Yeah. It's, right? inevitable. It's, it's ingrained into your contract life's yeah. path and into your contract. So you don't have to chase it. You don't have to do all of these things to prepare. If anything, you will naturally be getting inclined towards a spiritual path, towards these terms, these words, like I personally found these words just a few months before I went to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Like, I just started getting into, oh, what's this mean? Obviously, because I was preparing, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people say that you're meant to end up together. That I believe. I believe it is the universe's intention for us to end up together. But I don't believe that it can always go as, as, as that intention not in this lifetime definitely no. not yeah no. well for me yeah. and pop culture mm-hmm. i think twin flame and soulmate are sometimes used as synonyms mm. but they are not no. and that's what I learned from, not at all through your experience yeah because I don't know you see on social media like a girl's her boyfriend twin flame and you're like oh like that's her soulmate right right, right. but soulmate is different very well, twin flame is a version it's of a version of a soulmate. soulmate is not a version of okay so in a sense like twin flame can be synonymous for a soulmate but in general they're all soul contracts Mm -hmm. they're all soul soul contracts whether it's a karmic which is somebody like you don't have that deep soul connection with they're kind of here to just like piss you off and and, you know But i think you can have a deep connection with the karmic it's just they're here to but it's teach you lessons right and it's usually quick through hardship and through pain yeah yeah right and soulmates, not so much, it's more of like a higher consciousness connection, but mm-hmm. they can be the version of a dog, a sister, yeah. a brother, a, your mom can be your soulmate. Uh-huh. Uh, and anything, anybody really can be a soulmate, and they're more of like a positive influence as far as karmics go, they're kind of like teaching you through trial and error, yeah. and it can be really painful. Yeah. Yeah. And then twin flame is just the next level of both of them. Yeah. It's the most... Because it's you. It's you. It's you. It's a mirror, right? So we had many more moments of magic like that Mm -hmm. from the first night and on. Um, And it was like every time we were together, we were healing something, right? Or every time we were together, he would take me into nature and... I'll, I'll explain one of my favorite dates. Yeah. Explain the magic first before yeah, we get, into, we get the, into the darkness. Yes. Yeah. So one of my favorite dates ever, he picked me up on his motorcycle. He drove me into the jungle, not far down from my house, we drove up this hill. The sun was setting and it was during, during rainy season, right? So we could see that the clouds were rolling in. It typically started raining like later in the afternoon mm-hmm. or at night and then Once the morning hit, it was like sunny, and then it would go, great, the uh, the other half of the day. um, And so I remember him looking at me and looking up at the sky and being like, okay, come here. And he was like, put your forehead on mine. And there was a language barrier, but I understood him and he understood me for the most part. But we helped each other to learn Spanish and English, but he was like, put your forehead here. And I just knew what he was doing. I knew that he was manifesting for the rain to go away. Yeah. And so I just fully trusted. That's the other thing. I fully trusted and I leaned in and our foreheads were together and I just knew what he was manifesting. And so I just went along with it Mm -hmm. and he did this thing where he would snap and like, it was just a magical thing that he did and then we stopped and continued on with our journey. I knew that we just wanted to create that space where it wasn't raining for at least a couple of hours. He took me to this place, which I I'd never taken you. I wish I would have. But he had, to, he had taken me to up to this uh, top of this mountain where you could see all of the coastline mm. and see the ocean and the water. And then we kept uh, hiking in here with his dog. And then he took me down to this like narrow, sketchy, staircase, okay, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? It was like cement, but it was eroding, obviously, because of the water, and so we went down this staircase and then ended up at a private beach. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he whipped out like a blanket, started setting up candles mm-hmm. in the form of a pentacle, which could have been used for bad, uh-huh. we don't know. Um, and we just hung out, and he started cooking food, fed me like he would take me and take this little stove and then cook food for us and so we were the only people on this beach and the sun was setting and I look up and it's raining everywhere else besides this little section of beach that we were on of course yeah and there were so many moments like after the sun went down we'd look back and we'd see glowing eyes like crazy glowing eyes of animals and stuff and his dog would always be like oh and scare them away but it was trippy It was true. There was definitely things other than humans that lurked in the shadows there. And we made love. And I remember right before that, though, he's like, close your eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So crazy, you guys. Um, He was like, close your eyes. I was like, still not really trusting, right? I just come out of a four-year relationship where I got cheated on. I didn't fully trust. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was like, okay, whatever. I hear him rustling through his backpack, doing whatever, taking his time. And he's like, okay, open. He has these nunchucks in his hands and he blows gasoline onto them. They light on fire. And then he starts doing fire, fire art or whatever it's called. Like flow art with fire, with nunchucks that were on fire. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I'm done. Yes. I am done for you know you are you going to fall deep yeah just yeah. how can you, this person is is incredibly magical mm. and teaching me and showing me so much and doing energy healing on me in the shower and I'm crying mm. and he's like working through my deepest darkest wounds yeah um and towards the end of that it started to like sprinkle and he's like we gotta go it's, it's gonna rain and we left and that I will never forget when we were walking back to the motorcycle, um, we would stop and we would close our eyes and we would just hear. He would be like, just listen. And you'd hear like something rustling in the bushes over there. And you'd hear like a weird cackle or like just the craziest voices in the jungle. And then he found a glow bug. Yeah. Or, like he called, them, he called them fairies. Yeah, he called them fairies. But <laughs> He found the firefly, and he took it, and he put it on me, on my hand, and it started crawling up my arm, and you could feel as it flashes, it like, you could feel it, Mm -hmm. and so it started crawling up my arm, and then it stopped right at the back of my neck, and then crawled up onto my head, Mm -hmm. and then he took it, and it did the exact same thing, stopped, and then crawled up. It was the craziest thing. Yeah. And that is, again, things like that continue to happen. Well, how You're could you not me. fall head over hills if you find, like that's every girl's dream to go to Costa right. Rica and meet a local guy that just shows you everything. He took me on the motorcycle everywhere. I didn't have a car. Like, yeah, he helped me with everything.
1: He taught yeah. you so
0: much. Yeah. And not even just about Costa Rica. Right. In a spiritual sense. Right. So that's the good. That's good, and there was always this underlying feeling of number one fear, and number two, like something's not right. Yeah, you didn't trust him. No, I know you didn't. He I would didn't. always call me. Yeah. Um. So, the first thing of you not trusting him. Oh. Uh, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. So. This just goes to show you always listen to your intuition, Mm -hmm. always listen to your nervous system. It's constantly giving you hits. Your body is always talking to you. Yeah. And the first thing I tried to get, you know, I tried to collect data on his history with partners with, you know, and because just for my own health, you know, I wanted to make sure like things were good, whatever. Um, And he had told me that he hadn't been with anybody in months. Like, hadn't met anybody in months, hadn't been with anybody in months. Um, I had nothing to worry about. Right? Okay, great. I have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Until there was a week where it really just started to feel like it was too good to be true. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens for a reason. I don't think it's my skepticism. I think that was like my gut telling me something's not right look for clarity because you are under this spell that is love that is spiritual influence that is him saying all of these like shamanic claiming to be a shaman by the way and saying self-proclaimed shaman which i believe that he was actually like a trained shaman Mm -hmm. because of what he was practicing i was like yeah yeah and that's your first experience right right and so my first experience with a shaman person ever yeah male shaman and so it just got to a point where I was like, okay, you know, let's, let's get some clarity. And I remember clearly there were other things outside of this connection that were, you know, negatively influencing me, my energy. And, um, so I, I did a protection spell and I lit a black candle. I like said, remove any negative energy, negative influence Etc. And I did an incantation that I channeled. It just came right to me. And an incantation is essentially like a mantra or a mm-hmm. prayer, you mm-hmm. know. And so it said something along the lines of angels' guides, like be so abundantly clear to me that if there is illusion in my life or de- or deception or lies, be so abundantly clear and show me exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. That was the gist of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, and that week. I'm at the gym, um, and this girl that I had met earlier uh, came up to me, and she was like, hey, this, you know, the guy that I was with that you guessed and I lied to you about, by the way, because she had talked to me about him. And I said, oh, is it this guy? She was like, no. Um, She said, it actually was this guy. Diego? No, no, no. Her guy. She was telling me about her situationship that she was in. And then she started talking to me about the town and how the town is like the girls come in, the guys get them, and then they go, and the guys are players, and the guys mm-hmm. are this. And she was telling me about what had happened with her and her guy. She's like, "Hey, this is what happened with me and my guy. And I'm sorry I lied to you. Clearly, I wasn't like happy about my choices. Blah blah blah." And then she said. And I also think there's something else going on with Diego. Like I, I think that he was with somebody that around the time that you guys started getting together. Um, and I said, no way. You know, I had asked him the yeah. day before or that night after she had told me. And he was so clear. He looked at me dead in my eyes didn't blink. And I can usually tell somebody's lying. He looked me straight into my soul and said, Absolutely not, babe. Like, why would I do that to yeah. you, you know? And usually when I'm confronting guys, they're like, are you kidding me? He's like, no, what are you talking about? i have never, oh, sweetie, you know? And
1: maybe so I was, he actually
0: believed that. Maybe. So I was convinced that, yeah. you know, nothing had happened. And long story short, the girl ended up telling me the name of the girl and her name was a name of one of my friends. Yeah. That I was developing a connection with in the community. And I said, wait, there's only one of them here. There's no way that it could possibly be her. Mm-hmm. My friend. Even though it was new, you know, I was starting to develop these friendships, these this community, this my my romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. And turned out that it was her. Yeah. And that her and her good friend, who I was also developing a relationship with, were keeping that from me. And didn't want to tell me. And I found out that it was in the container of a mushroom ceremony that he was facilitating with her. So he would do this a lot, though. He would hold these ceremonies, correct? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So he... Would do that, would hold mushroom ceremonies and do energy work for people. I remember finding all of this out and just feeling just the betrayal from them, from him, you know, from everybody that was like significant in my life at the time. And I was so angry. I was so angry because I'm like, again, like this. This seems to be my curse Mm -hmm. of betrayal. And a part of me is unconsciously still holding on to that story. And a part of me is so desperately wishing that it wouldn't repeat itself. And I remember like texting him, I mean, like we need to talk and he's said, like, okay, I'll be on the beach. I was so angry. I was like coming out at with at him like warrior force, right? Because he is so powerful and, and so influential that I couldn't, like, I felt like I couldn't speak up for myself. Mm-hmm. When I was around him. You know, it was like his perspective or the fucking highway. Like Pachamama. Hmm, interesting. Correlations there. And so I confronted him and I was like, Ugh. and he just got so angry. And he was like, fuck oh, this, I'm done. Like, this will never work. And I was just like, can we just talk about it? Like, can we just, yeah. he blew up and he ended everything. And that was the first time I was like, oh shit, like can what if that this is the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced in my life, and you're just gonna throw it away. Yeah. And so he went his separate way, I went my separate way, and then of course later that night I like came over to try to reconcile. And we did. And There were many more moments like that. Yeah, it became a pattern. Right, Anytime you would try to confront him, he would explode. He would step away. He would pull everything back and be so willing to throw away the 99% good for the 1% bad. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, that 1% bad slowly started growing into more and more and more and more. And it just snowballed you know, and it gets to a certain point. I remember feeling in that first moment of him kind of shutting off like that, of being like, oh, this isn't gonna work. Like this isn't gonna be Mm long-term, you know, because I can't be with somebody that doesn't have the ability to sit in the discomfort of triggers and talk through them. And he would always be like, why do you want to talk so much? Like you guys, like you Americans talk so much. Why do you always want to talk? It's like, no, it's about, it's about understanding each other's yeah. perspectives and creating a bridge to connect those two perspectives, right? Meeting in the middle, finding a balance, mm-hmm. right? And he was just one extreme or the other. Yeah. It's like he was all his love or absolutely none. Yep. Exactly. Which just a narcissistic that's trait. That's a narcissistic trait. And that's what I'm saying is the thing about the twin flame journey is you guys, I tried to get him to not be my twin flip. I don't I don't think I said that, but I tried to make sure that he was or he wasn't. I didn't want it to yeah. be true. There were many moments of I don't want this anymore. Like and I I got readings, I got confirmation, people going into Akashic records, like the healing and the spiritual the the upgrades and the weight loss and the past life memories. I got visions of us having a baby and getting yeah. married and Past life memories coming up after intimacy, but I didn't want it when it got when it got that dark. Of course. I didn't want it. And that's what I'm trying to say is like it took me through hell. Yeah. Literally. To the point where when this man got angry because I didn't say things that he wanted to hear, I used my voice and I wasn't submissive. However, I I don't use my voice in a place that Like, I get large and I yell at you. That's not who I am anymore. I used to be an explosive individual. But after the work that I've done, like, I don't need to scream at you for you to hear me. I come to you and I say, hey, this is what's bothering me. Like, can we talk about this? And that would be met with the reactivity. Yeah. So it was almost as if, like, I was more emotionally mature than he was. But he was more, like, spiritually advanced at the time. I think he was just so up in the clouds up yeah. in these other realms that he couldn't understand like why do these day-to-day problems matter when we're so spiritual and we're so in love? Right. like nothing is ever wrong with his motto right? right so he couldn't understand why you were making problems when it's like in reality you're in this body for a reason right these everyday problems these logistical things have to be worked out in a relationship yeah you can't just live in a dreamland all the time exactly you have to make money to live you have to go to work, you have to eat. Like, right. and he was getting lost. He was getting lost. He was definitely, and I don't know where he is now, but I can speak on where he was then. Um, I would say, would you say spiritual psychosis? Yeah, yeah, I would. He was for sure in spiritual psychosis. I mean, there were many points where he felt like people were coming after him and mm-hmm. maybe they were, you know, I don't know, but. There were many things that started to be like, oh, you got so caught up in spirituality because he died. Yeah. I think it's because he died. Yeah. And that is true. And we don't know how, what happened when he was brought back. No. How it was done. He was dead for three days. Yeah. He got shot. Um, The story that he originally told me was not true. I myself have also almost died. couple of times but I never fully like was pronounced dead. He like, was pronounced dead, right? He his heart stopped. He was pronounced dead. Yeah. Wait, so he his body was dead for three days? Three days. Yeah. He wasn't hooked up to machines? He was hooked up to oh, machines okay. because he was in a coma or he was dead? He was dead. But he was hooked up to machines. They cut him open because he had bullets. Uh-huh. Um, they cut him open because they were going to harvest his organs. Uh-huh. So they kept him his blood pumping to keep the organs healthy. I get it. Okay. And so they were about to take the organs out and he came back to life. Yeah. So let's also give him the benefit of the doubt of like if that happened to me, I mean, I'm already super spiritual and part of it that has to do with seeing the other side, but you know, we don't know what brought him back. That's right. Yeah. We don't know who was involved, what type of magic was involved. Yeah so and when you go to the other realms entities can get attached exactly so i mean i believe there's something attached to him 100 percent. i mean he would get angry and call himself the antichrist yeah Or he would do like a mushroom journey and he would say i realize that i'm the antichrist or i am the son of satan i mean i have receipts you yeah. know I have receipts and I have witnesses. Um, I've never heard somebody say that in my entire life. I've never heard somebody say, I am the Antichrist. Like in a movie. <laughs> yeah. So it started to get obviously really, really dark. Yeah. Um. It started to become like, words versus actions, actions not lining up with words. And then it got to a point where we were living together for a month. Yeah. Um, He influenced me to do that. And I felt like I was suffocating. Like I had such a knot in my throat and in my heart when we were together. And I felt like I couldn't use my voice because I would, it would only be met with that type of reaction. So you were scared. I was scared. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's telling me, be in gratitude, be in love, be in this, be in, the, be in that. But you're telling me that you are the antichrist. Yeah. So how can I? Right? And I realized, like, he needs, he's said so many times, like, he needs somebody to only give him love, only give him this, because fear activates that thing. The thing. Yeah. Right? Whatever the thing is. And entities are activated by fear or mm-hmm. they feed off of fear. Right? Darkness feeds off of fear. Mm-hmm. Right. So it yeah, it just got to a point where it was obvious it wasn't working, you know? And I remember one night, like it wasn't even coming from a place of insecurity. I swear to God, he was asleep in the other room. I was in the kitchen, and I swear to God. Something in me was like look at this phone and I promise you that he will not believe me, but I promise you that was not my fear. Mm-hmm. I know it'd be like oh my God, look at his phone. It was like look at his phone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, immediately turn, grab the phone, look through the messages, a whole list of women. A whole list. And then when I confronted him about it, how could you betray me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You're lucky I didn't leave. Da, 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 da. And then I became victims that again. Yeah. And like, then you're like, oh, I shouldn't have invaded his privacy. Right. Why did I do that? Right. When it's like, uh, he shouldn't be messaging other women. Exactly. Calling them mommy, when can I see you? Two days before my birthday, like. But it gets worse. Yeah. So I guess we can pause here and a little bit about signs to look out for. Okay. Right? And, you know, just because somebody is spiritually powerful and claiming to be a healer, and you have a deep connection with somebody, doesn't mean that you're supposed to necessarily pursue the romance right away. Yeah. We jumped. I let him lead. And we jumped right in, right? And the first reading I ever got was saying, you're not supposed to start out with romance. You're supposed to start out with teaching each other things. Mm -hmm. And I should have listened to those first red flags on that first night that we met him, but I didn't, right? And so it's important to hear this story and our stories and our perspectives and really just take Think slow, yeah. take moments for yourself. Don't throw yourself into something because you feel like it's going to save you. Because yeah. it might help you heal parts of yourself, but it's not going to save you because you become so enmeshed with this other person. And I remember there being moments of like, this is feeling like codependency. Like he needs me, he needs all of these things, but I don't want to be in a codependent relationship, mm-hmm. but I just kept going with it. Yeah. You know. I mean, I personally don't think you could have slowed down with him. I just, your connection was so insane and all these magical things. And I mean, most relationships start like that. It's amazing in the beginning and then slowly you get to see who they really are. So do you think that that's how it's always going to be with people? No, I mean, because that's all I've seen, really. I mean, same here. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I have hope that. I mean, this could be a whole, a whole nother episode about right. the wounded masculine. And yeah, that's true. Why men are the way that they are. Okay. Yeah, Does it hurt. Oh no, back. Back. little sweaty. Yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> we're sweating over here, guys. Um, but for you, I don't know. I just, I don't think you were meant to meet him. Like as yeah. you said with the serpents, you guys were meant to collide, yeah. and there was no—if you didn't go to Samra, you would have met him somewhere else. That's so true. It—it it was inevitable. So I don't think that you need to look back and say, "I wish I did I wish I did it." Right. It's just like, no. Yeah. There's nothing I could have done. All you can do is not do it again with the right. next person. Right. And he's—he's he's so incredibly traumatized. Yeah. Um, you know, his trauma started and I'm not really going to go into all of his like details of his own stuff. It's not my story to tell, mm-hmm. but it started before he was, you know, even born and he's had an incredibly hard life yeah. from what I've gathered from, from what he's told me. And I believe personally with the perspective of where I'm at now, let's be very clear with that it's taken months. It's taken many sessions. It's taken nights and days of crying and screaming and journaling and cursing his name and cursing God and cursing the universe and so much darkness because I was taking, willingly. my higher self would take over and be like, he's in physical pain. Okay. I need to take that. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Like he doesn't, you know? And, and he would always tell me that, like, I'm an angel that came into his life and that he wished that he would meet the love of his life. And then I came into his life and, you know, all of that darkness, the antichrist consciousness, whatever you want to call it, it's all just an energy, right? And that infiltrates because of trauma Mm -hmm. and those traumas crack us, you know, they crack our soul, they break our soul. And... If you don't have the means to get a therapist, to get a healer, to get a coach, which he didn't, he did everything he possibly could to heal himself. But we can't do it alone. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, he didn't have the economic means. He didn't have the economic means. He didn't have anybody. And that was also his choice. Yeah. He could have had, you know, a job, but he chose not to. Yeah. Because he's up there. Yeah feeling like, you know, no matter what, he's always going to get, like, things handed to him or taken care of, mm-hmm. which I think has worked, who knows where he's at now, maybe it's still working, but what I'm trying to say is the darkness comes from trauma, yeah. from abuse, and that trauma and abuse comes from an abuser, but that trauma and abuser was a, was abused too. Yes, And so it's just this cycle of intense pain that creates the space for darkness entities negative influence to take over and I remember and this is really common for the twin flame journey for a negative influence to take over Mm -hmm. and I remember him always being like there's there's like this darkness inside of me and I wanted to believe after I got back to the states and started having more revelations and new information was revealed to me which I'll go into I really wanted to believe that he was pure evil it was so easy for me to be like he's a piece of shit like fuck that right like fuck that guy he's fucking evil i hate him whatever and i think we all have to go through that phase that's like a part of the healing process right you realize you're kind of becoming the victim um or you you choose to play victim because it gives you some sense of false power and it makes people feel bad for you which gives you attention and yada yada but I played with that for a little bit and I was like you know what he's fucking evil he's literally the devil he's telling me it himself yeah. right and then some information was given to me um, I had a connection oddly enough she lives in the, the town that I, my dad lives in Utah and in Santa Costa Rica. And so we met up and that prompted one of Diego and I's mutual friends to reach out and tell me that he has assaulted women in ceremony. Sexually. Yeah. And of course I was, I, I mean, that was a whole other shock to my system. Um, I found out that it was during when we were together. So all of my alarms inside were right. And that prompted me to really go into that anchor state of this person, that this person is pure evil. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think the flip side of that is I think, I don't know if anybody is pure evil. I think he genuinely believed that he was doing something right. And that I'm saying that is so fucked up. Like, I'm not trying to take away from victims of this at all. Please, please hear me. Like, if you have been through something like this, listen to this. Like, we are expressing this to bring awareness to people before they enter ceremonies, before they enter spiritual communities, before they put themselves in an incredibly vulnerable situation like that, to do the research, to sit with yourself, to meditate, to breathe, because these spaces are becoming so popular. It's like the the cool kids club, right? Oh, did you go do ayahuasca last weekend? Oh, did you sit in mushroom ceremony with with the bendy shaman? That's out. of This is a white guy from LA. Like, he's yeah. I mean, the best. Like, <laughs> you should sit with... You should go eye it, eye it the fuck up. Like, yeah. no, that's not what this medicine is for. And that's not what these ceremonies are for. So please do not throw yourself into the fire. Yeah. Use discernment. Do your research. Know who you're sitting with. Yeah. I mean, if he's telling... He told me, he told you, yeah. he's telling everyone I'm a shaman, blah, right. blah, blah. He's actually from Costa Rica. Yeah. So it's more believable, yeah. it's more trusting to be like, okay, this guy knows what, what's going on. Right. And to be like tripping on mushrooms and then to be so vulnerable and right. have him I mean, I don't know how it went down, I don't want to assume but no, we can't. whatever, he took advantage of these people when they were these in a, an altered state of consciousness. Right. And who knows if he thought that he was healing them or if he thought that they were okay with it or, or if we- something took over. Like we don't or if really know. Satan took over him. Yeah, like we don't really know. We don't know, but it, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. It is. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. I feel like I'm still going through it. Of course. I feel like it's kind of a curse. Um and I know I have to be careful with my words. I'm sure that I'm sure that uh perspective will change, but it feels like a curse to meet truly the love of your life. And I remember like, I remember this moment when we were being intimate and I just looked up at him and I started crying because he was the man of my dreams. Literally that, that cliche thing, the man of your dreams. Like no, he was the man that I literally saw in my dreams. He was the, the man that I literally saw fathering my future children and um, to just see it go dark so quickly is so hard and to have to accept that, you know, I will never go back in this lifetime. Um, There's still like deep wounded parts of me, obviously, that are like, fuck, is my, am I going to end up with anybody after that? Right. You know, or of like that caliber because I want that caliber, but without, without the dark. Yeah. Well, that's why when you were saying the twin flame journey, you don't wish it on anybody. Yeah. Because there, can you explain the thing where it's like union and separation, right? It's like normal. You're together and then you separate and it's normally extremely painful, the separation part. It's the most painful thing that I've ever been through in my entire life. And I've had, you know, let's say the immense pain in my life started around like 13 years old. Mm-hmm. So I have probably about a decade plus of really painful darkness of my own. Yeah. You know, and then leaving my life behind and going in the pursuit of my dreams and feeling like I'm really going to have it all. And then going through the most pain. If your journey is to look like mine, I don't wish that on my worst enemies. I don't have any yeah. enemies, but I don't wish that on anybody. But, know? and do most people that do go through it, it's similar to your journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I thought. posted many, many videos, and so many people are like, most days I can't breathe. Like, yeah. it's sorry to heavy, heavy energy around this topic, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, and to just really use curiosity and awareness before you jump into something. And maybe we couldn't have gone as any slower than what we did because we're two fire signs, You know, we're both incredibly passionate people. Mm. Um, but if you have the capacity to slow down and slowly let somebody in your life, you know, that's a love that's sustainable. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not going to be this, like, firework all the time, right? But slowly let somebody in, you know? And I think the perspective of where I'm at now, through all the healing that I've done, is we have to love the darkness. Yeah. We have to not shame it. We have to not be fearful of it. We have to do the complete opposite of what we're taught to do around it. Because these beings, these people, I mean, except for a certain extent that is actually like wanting to hurt people. I think maybe there's a a certain percentage of this world that like genuinely wants to hurt people. Um, But at the end of the day, behind all of that aggression and anger and violence are traumatized, broken individuals. Yeah. You know? And Where I'm at now is, and it's, it's taken me a long, long time to get here. But where I'm at now is a place of a new perspective to invite in is a place of unconditional love, you know, because that's what this journey is really about. It's about coming back to yourself. It's about never fully letting somebody completely change the trajectory of your life yeah it's about surrendering to love yes but not not to the point where you're giving up everybody for something or everything for somebody it's about seeing the darkness and these aggressors as broken people and loving them sending love to them because you cannot You cannot be fire with fire. And hating someone is a cage. Is what? A cage. Yeah. It's a prison. Yeah. Right? Keeps you locked in. I mean I the opposite is like this quote the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. It's indifference. Yeah. Yeah. Because love and hate are the same frequency. Yeah. Yeah. If I hate you, I feel a passion for you still. Whereas if I feel nothing for you, then I'm truly free. Neutral? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever feel neutral towards him. You know? No, I don't think you can either. But I can. <laughs> yeah, of course you can. <laughs> so, what else do you think we should leave for our listeners before the listeners? Um life's crazy Mm. but it's beautiful if you're supposed to experience this I don't think you can run from it yeah so just stay grounded um, as much as possible and it's good that we live in a time where you can just go on tiktok or go on instagram and find a million people who have been through it yeah and there's healers you can reach out to them for support I know you do twin flame readings yeah so coaching. If anybody is going through this journey, like, you're not alone. You did it alone. I did. And you, you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. So I think that's... And you should. You shouldn't should do it alone. You shouldn't do it alone. Yeah. And also, another thing is, like, a lot of people would will think you're crazy or, what are you talking about? Like, don't listen to them. Yeah. There's people that will get you and will support you. Yeah. And if someone... always If someone is telling you... No, we're not believing you. That's just the wrong person. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, your soul tribe will always lift you up and Mm -hmm. support you. And at the end of the day, I'll sum it up with this: At the end of the day, I needed to go through that. Of course, I gained so much knowledge from him. Really, before you know, even after, right? Like so much knowledge, so much power, and the willingness to sacrifice one of the best things that I've ever experienced in my life for the sake of myself and for the sake of my health and for the sake of my life that requires so much strength and I gained gifts and I gained you know ancient knowledge that you did have access to whether it was from the dark or the light yeah and I gained moments and memories that I will have for the People dream of having. Yeah. And at the end of the day, You chose yourself. I chose myself and it's about inner union. Yeah. I think that's the other thing is people don't realize like it's not about the, the union of you out of balance in either your masculine or your feminine feminine, and you have a wounded masculine or feminine. It's about you being in balance internally. He put me into my feminine originally. Yeah. And then he put me into my masculine, because then he's like, oh, you know, you will pay for everything, right? Yeah. Um, but I had to lean into my feminine first, because he was really masculine at first. And that was the first time I had ever done that. And so I healed my feminine, and then I healed my masculine. And then at the end of it, I have union within myself, both inside of me. Yeah. And so I need, I need nothing outside of myself. Do I crave that? Of course. Like, I'm human. You know, we need community. We need connection, but... Or we we desire that, but I don't like it's not coming from a place of reaching. Yeah. It's coming from a place of I know it will enter my life again. You and know? It definitely will. So this journey, the twin flame journey, the love journey, the relationship journey, they're ultimately leading you back to yourself. Yeah. It's about your inner union. So use discernment. You know, take your time, especially when you're going into these spaces. I want to continue to hit that home. I hit it home on the the last episode, too. Take your time. You will find the right place or the right place to do these types of ceremonies and the right people that will support you. And then, yeah, we'll find you. Yeah. So, don't be so fucking naive. (laughs) Question everything, you know, come back to truth for you, not truth for someone else. Yeah. And that is a wrap. I'm sure we will come back. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for being here and just being able to be that like echoing voice for me and also bringing in your own perspective and your own experience. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So. If you guys are curious or you enjoy the episode, you want to hear more, um, you think somebody that you know will really enjoy this, please like, subscribe, share this episode far and wide. We, honestly, I cannot be here without you guys. So please let us know any comments, any reviews, we want to continue to connect with you. This is a community that we're building for us, for like-minded individuals and we really, really want to connect one-on-one. If you're curious about any of the services or anything that I offer, all of my links will be below. Um, you can find the podcast at the Podcast on all platforms. And you can find my uh, business page at being on Instagram and TikTok. We love you guys so much. Bye.